I like to think of my mind as spirit and the body as substance. How you integrate those two things, I have no idea. I just try to go on a straight line and stay on it. Stay on the level. Bob Dylan said that recently, 2020, in an interview. Welcome to a photographic life. I often start this podcast with a few words, chosen words, which uh, mean something to me, which I may have read over the previous week, or which for some reason I may have been reminded of. Bob Dylan's one of my heroes. Regular podcast listeners will know that he probably appears more on this photographic podcast than any other photographer does. The reason for that is because he is one of those heroes. Do you have any heroes? Cultural heroes? I do. Bob Dylan, Lenny Bruce, uh, Robert Falcon Scott, Evelyn Waugh, Eugene Smith, Ben Nicholson, Kurt Schlitters, Robin Day, Albert Camus, J.P.R. Williams, Robert Hughes, my dad. All of them are men and all of them are my heroes. The point of my heroes is not to identify those whom I respect for every aspect of their life, but those I wish to be in some aspect of my life, those I, I feel I have some kind of, a, I suppose, emotional uh, connection with and that I want to have some kind of intellectual connection, connection with. Uh, I'm a man and my heroes uh, all have an aspect of their lives that I wish to emulate and live up to or at least learn from. I think heroes are really important uh, to our personal, intellectual and cultural growth. They're the people we can look up to. Now, heroes, as I say, for me, have an emotional connection. They have a connection that I feel that uh, I want to be part of that person or that person to be part of me. Well, I'm not quite sure, but they, they are important to me and it's important to have them. They're not just the people who um, I admire, because obviously then there'd be all sorts of other people. But they're ones who've meant something to me at different parts in my life. I asked my wife the same question, and her heroes were Donna Tartt, Maria Colvin, Diana Vreeland, and Iris Apfel. All women. Does that make her sexist? Now, of course it doesn't. These are people that she looks up to in dis different aspects of her life. And our photography surely should be informed by all of those different impetuses that we have. I suppose one of the most consistent discussions over the last, goodness me, 20 odd years now has been digital versus analogue. I have no fear, I'm not revisiting that one. But I had a conversation with somebody um, a week or so ago now um, about analogue photography and about the fact of the teaching of it and whether or not the teaching of analogue photography to young photographers was important. My kind of take on this, I suppose, is that, yeah, you know, it's important, but it isn't essential. It's something that some people will feel drawn to do, and that, that's great, and that should be an offering. But it shouldn't be compulsory, because to me, the most important thing with photography isn't learning a process, but is learning how to see. Now, I know a lot of you listening to this will argue that analog photography slows you down and so forth. I really don't want to get into that one now. What I'd like to talk, sort of talk about here is that 
a kind of aspect of analog photography within the commissioned world. And if I went back 15 years, 16, 17 years ago, when we were all shooting with film and I was shooting for film with film for a, a whole range of different clients, our expectation was that the client was going to pay for our film, for our contacting, for our Polaroid um, processing and for the prints that um, they would then reproduce from. So that whole expense was taken out of the photographer's hand. They were just the materials that we needed. Of course, today, and certainly for the last 15 years, um, that hasn't been the case. And I certainly don't work with any clients that would be willing to pay for that um, analog process. But this uh, person I was talking to was raising the point that um, they thought that some of their uh, students who'd graduated and gone on to be photographers were getting paid. So I thought I'd ask a little uh, quick uh, Twitter uh, poll, a little quick uh, question. And I ran it up for a couple of days and we had 81 votes, which isn't bad. Anyway, um, the question was this. If you are a commissioned photographer, would, does your client pay for film, processing, contacting, printing and scanning if you want to work with analogue processes? And the answers were these. Uh, yes, came back 23.5%. No, 17.3%, and they only want digital, which was 59.3%. So as we can see from that, it's overwhelming, overwhelmingly the case that clients are looking for digital uh, content rather than for analog. I was somewhat surprised, to be honest, that the uh, percentage who said yes was as high as 23%, because that certainly isn't my experience or the experience I have of talking with photographers or also talking with art directors and photo editors that I know uh, who are in a position to commission. But anyway, it's overwhelmingly, as we know, a digital world. But some photographers are choosing to go down that analogue route. And although I still question how much of it is being paid for, there is another issue, I think, which needs to be considered. And it's this, that as we move into a digital world, the printers and the repro companies that are producing magazines and posters are increasingly um, using uh, digital images and therefore their experience with digital is much greater. The analogue images that I'm seeing, particularly uh, I saw in the, this month's copy of Vogue magazine, there's very obvious, there are some photographers in there who I know are shooting analogue, um, and they're doing that for all their kind of reasons. I think primarily, to be completely honest with you, it's an aesthetic reason rather than anything else. But the quality of the print in the magazine was absolutely terrible, because as the print quality, the paper quality goes down, so the ink weights go down and the print quality isn't as strong. And so the digital images within the magazines looked colourful and crisp and the analogue images looked very soft and very grey and, and just poor quality printing. I think this is something else that if you're going to take on analogue photography within a commissioned environment, and I have to put that caveat in there, I'm not talking here about photographers working within a contemporary art practice or practice, or perhaps working on uh, self-published books or with high-end publishers who can 
give their work the attention it needs. But if you're a young photographer and you're thinking about analog and the reasons, I think it's really important, not only that you may well not be paid for any of that, um, the materials that you need, but also the people who reproduce your images, which your name goes next to at the end of it, are just not gonna have the experience to deal with the material that you're supplying. Over the weeks, we've had a whole range of different photographers uh, explaining to us what photography means to them. And when I do the introduction to those photographers, quite often I go through a whole list of awards or competitions uh, that the photographer has won. Uh, perhaps I may give a list of all of the clients that the photographer works for. This week, I won't be giving any of those because the photographer who's joining us this week doesn't play that game and in fact doesn't earn their money through photography. And yet, I think it's some of the most exciting and important work I've seen. This photographer primarily um, shows his work, well only shows his work, on social media, on Twitter and also on Instagram. And you can check him out uh, underneath this post on the United Nations of Photography website to see that work. I think there was one image, well there was one image, that really struck home to me and made me think, I need to hear from this photographer. And that image is also underneath this post on the United Nations of Photography website. It contains so many narratives. It is so well constructed. It is such a, um, I suppose, image of our time that I thought it was in just essential that we heard from Nick Wynn. Nick was born in 1971 in Parkgate, Wirral in the northwest of England. His father was a builder who ran a small firm with his, his mother and he moved house a lot as a child as his family would buy land, build a house, sell it, and then repeat that process. Nick ran away from his private high school, ended up in a comprehensive school, and failed all of his exams except for, for art. An art teacher in high school introduced him to photography and showed him how to make prints on an enlarger. Nick went on to art college in Wallasey near Liverpool out of desperation and completed a diploma and a two-year BTEC in photography where he was introduced to the photographer Tom Wood. In 1989, Nick travelled to Romania by car and photographed Romanian and Hungarian gypsies before going on to Wolverhampton University to study photography under photographer Nick Hedges, but left after a few weeks. He went alone to the United States and hitched from New Jersey before buying a car and travelling to photograph in Arizona State Penitentiary. Sleeping rough on petrol station forecourts, he was escorted out of town in New Jersey for vagrancy and spent a day in the pen. Returning to the UK in 1991, Nick applied to Gwent College Newport, led by photographer Daniel Meadows, and left at the end of the course without collecting his certificate or proof he'd ever been there. In 1992-3, he worked on building sites as a labourer, he got married and he had a child with three more children following in quick succession. In 1995, he moved to Birkenhead and having bought and sold many properties, has returned to Neston, Wirral. Nick has no website, 
but as I said, he posts his work, both new and old, on Twitter and Instagram with great passion and regularity. He owns and runs a small fencing firm consisting of himself and one labourer. What does photography mean to me? It means everything and it means nothing. It's not my hobby and it's not my profession. It's always just been there and it's always been a painful contradiction. I've never earned a penny from it, but I am wealthier for it. I've never sold prints or done commissions or anything commercial. Photography's been a constant, it's always been part of my life. I don't know who I'd be without it. My father gave me my first camera when I was eight years old and I was going off to the Isle of Man on a school trip. It was um, a half-frame Olympus Pen E, which belonged to my grandmother originally. I can still remember when I opened the camera for the first time the smell of the emulsion from the film that had been there, left in there for years and years. It was a beautiful, deep, rich aroma that could probably tell a tale of its own. I expect it would be the equivalent to a motorcycle enthusiast who would probably identify with the smell of fumes from a two-stroke engine after kick-starting it for the first time. I find photography has been a useful tool for me to force myself into situations that I'm not naturally comfortable with, which is almost addictive, I suppose, in the sense that I feel the need to do it again and again. Photography has taken me to places that I had no right to go, into people's homes and lives. I used to knock on doors in high-rise flats in Birkenhead and ask to look over the balcony or photograph the occupants. I've been to other people's countries and visited other cultures that I had no real reason to be part of other than having the camera over my shoulder. I spoke with people I would never dared speak to without my crutch, which didn't I suppose in my case now is a battered old Leica M2 and the second camera my father bought me, which I still use to this day. Photography has given me an incredibly self-conscious, shy person a voice, I suppose, not one that has had an audience, admittedly, but one that has allowed me to communicate with others when without a camera there wouldn't have been any discussions at all. Photography has made me acknowledge a situation that really I didn't have to address. It's taught me to think about myself and my own beliefs and morals. It's shaped my view on the world as I find myself in and has brought an order to a mind that, in all honesty, finds the world we live in confusing and full of uncertainty. I'm not trying to use my photographs as a tool to change the world and I don't expect any one of my images to mean a great deal to anybody, but as a body of work, I do, I, I do really hope it tells my story. I'm just wanting to encapsulate my walk through life really and to in some way encourage myself to engage. Through photography I've learned a lot about myself, not only through my own work but through studying the images made by other photographers. When I'm taking photographs I find my other self I think and the voice in my head, I'm my conscience. I stop being my superficial self and I'm able to listen to the better me, the voice in my ear perhaps. Through photography, I feel more sympathetic, to be honest. I, I feel more emotional. Um, I understand my own views more and I become more open to the views of those I seek out to photograph. I'm given the chance to empathise and walk a few yards in another's shoes, if only for a brief moment. I hadn't until now even spent time to evaluate myself in this way. Before being asked to do this podcast, I didn't think it was even possible, but now I'm sitting here in my shed in the dark. I realise that even this uncomfortable and unusual event for me is because of my love of photography. That I'm here pushing myself to do something I'm really not comfortable with. And as I do, I can hear that voice again telling me, this is the better you. Just get on with it. Through photography, I can dislike and question the person that my everyday persona has been shaped into by the experiences I have outside of my photography in my oh-so-real mundane work working life. I much prefer Nick the photographer 
He's an inquisitive, positive, happier person, also braver and someone that feels strong enough to speak out at injustices he perceives. It scares me how sometimes the lack of self-photography has on me. It gets me into trouble at times as I'm quite verbal and often it surprises even me. Often my wife Helen will say she thinks I'm very confident, but I'm not. Through this alter ego I'm able to compliment another person on the way they look or congratulate somebody on a kind or thoughtful act I've seen them undertake. It's made me able to stand up and go against the flow in situations that better me perceives to be wrong. That's probably what photography means to me. Regardless of the images on the screen or in the developing tank, it has made half of me a better person for sure. Now I'm working on the other half. And when he finds joy in his surroundings, I will be a better person. I've never really pondered the question, what does photography mean to me? But I suppose it's my conscience. It's the good voice that knows better than myself. He takes time to look, not just to see, but to accurately, actually kind of defocus on the situation and find the everyday more enjoyable than my other self would. And that is what I think photography means to me. I think you would agree that was an incredible contribution this week from Nick. Somebody who doesn't earn their living from photography, but creates the most incredible work. We're very much a broad church here, welcoming everybody. It was good to hear about his initial uh, exposure to photography through analogue after what I was talking about earlier. As I say to everybody, all opinions are welcome here as long as they're informed and respectful. Anyway, um, that's pretty much it for this week. Not much to pick up on what Nick said, just a lot to ponder on, I think. So in the coming week, uh, I hope that wherever you are, things are getting a little bit better. Things are getting a little bit easier as we slowly but surely come out of this lockdown and get used to whatever the new new is. I know I'm hearing from a lot of photographers who are starting to pick up work again and starting to feel more positive. But whatever situation you find yourself in over the coming week, please make sure to take care. Mm-hmm.